0: What's happening, Pansy Nation? Peter Von Panda here. I want to talk to you today about something that I think about not a lot, but there's a lot of times I'm inspired by this question, and it's what kind of protection, force protection, are people taking out when they go camping? And there are a lot of people that go camping in groups. There's some more security in groups. It keeps the animals away for the most part. But I was thinking about the people that go out there and are in the woods, in the wilderness, with animals of all sorts and not just animal animals but the human animal as well you may have seen lots of videos of people going out in the wilderness being approached by a mountain lion or a bear or uh, rattlesnakes or whatever there's a lot of animals in the North America area there's wolves and coyotes and and stuff like that in jungle areas obviously some different stuff and I'll tell you about some of the incursions I've had sometimes with the unexpected Wildlife, but there's also a human wildlife aspect of this. And I think of, and I don't know if he's the only one, but Paul David Cruz, who murdered Appalachian Trail hikers. And I don't know the full story. I heard some of this. When you go out on a trail and you run into other people and you just assume that, hey, how are you doing? Where are you hiking to? And I think there are some other ones. I think this guy was a killer on the Appalachian Trail. Oh, look at this. There's a list of Appalachian Trail murders since 1974. So, a number of times oh here's another one the most dangerous man in the appalachian trail history yeah in fact i remember a story of a guy who was kind of meeting up with not meeting up but he ran into a couple of other guys on the appalachian trail they were sitting around a fire i think and then i don't know if he pulled out a gun and then shot them so it was like unexpected they're hanging out with this guy obviously he wasn't trying to telegraph too much but you just you're in a situation where you think people are predictable and probably the most predictable thing is just animal animal behavior But you can't tell if a person is being nefarious or tricky or cunning or any of that stuff or psychotic. Sometimes a lot of people are psychos and nobody knows until long after. And I'm just thinking about this because there's a lot of people who go out and are minimally equipped. They aren't traveling with people. Maybe they don't have the physical skill set to protect themselves against the average person anyway. I see a lot of young ladies doing van life stuff. I see a lot of guys going on their own hiking trips. And one of the things that I see here, you know, and it's not just people I know, but some of these YouTubers that I watch, there's a guy up in Canada and he does like stealth camping, always by himself. And he runs into some animals. Sometimes he wanders around before putting up his campsite because there are animals that he's run into in this area and he goes to higher ground or whatever. But in Canada, because they don't have any arms, basically they're disarmed, he always talks about that he carries like bear spray. Now, if I didn't have anything else, I would certainly think, bear spray would be appropriate for coyotes, wolves, as well as bears. It would also probably work its magic on humans if I needed to. I'd rather have bear spray than nothing. But what other force protection are people carrying? I assume you have a knife. You always need a knife to just cut cord and wood and all that kind of stuff and wood shavings for starting fires, all that. So you got to have a knife. But what else? Are people carrying firearms? Are people carrying flare guns? Are people carrying multiple cans of bear spray? What happens if you empty that can and then you're hiking back out of there and you come across a a angry Wolverine or something like that could happen in Northern Michigan we had the Wolverines and not just the ones in Ana. those are just technical Wolverines they're not like actually vicious and they don't know how to play football but one of the things that I was thinking about is what what kind of heat are you packing are you are you packing a Ruger 22 rifle or something like that just something that you can hunt squirrel or something if you need to, something that will provide a little protection. Some guys carry 44 Magnum revolvers in case they run into a bear. And a couple of times I was thinking about this, and I have usually not carried much in the way of force protection. And mostly because I've stayed on pretty well-blazed trails. We're going to camp in designated campsites. Like I said, the Appalachian Trail kind of fits both of those. But in a couple of cases, I was with the guy, we were meeting up and he had just finished a trip and he actually got stalked. I wouldn't say, I don't know if it was for a day, but by a mountain lion, which is basically a cougar. And he didn't have pictures of this, but he was pretty freaked out. He had ended up doing some kind of mountain, not climbing like rock climbing, but just mountain hiking. And apparently a cougar, I don't think was trying to kill him or eat him or anything like that. But he noticed this cougar, this mountain lion, and then he kind of kept noticing it was following him around for a while. And I don't know if he was in his territory or whatnot, but he said he was pretty freaked out by that. He wished he had had a pistol. I'm sure that would be enough to take down the cougar if you really needed to. But basically, what he did was he, instead of continuing his expedition, he was just hightailing it out of there as quickly as possible. You know, not running or anything like that, but just backpacking out as quickly as he possibly could, being very vigilant about where this cougar was and in his story, mind you, this is him retelling it and not showing me pictures, but this was a very large cat. Now I know some bobcats and lynx don't get that large, but I know some cougars can, but I also know some outlines aren't as big as others either too. We'll see. I don't know. He obviously made it back, but it was one thing I was thinking about. The other thing I was thinking about is one time I was hiking in the Southwest and one of the ranges, I think I've told the story to some people before. But he's man, I hope you got your snake shot with you. And I was thinking, I don't even know what snake shot is. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It wasn't until after we got back that I even Googled and looked it up because I didn't really have access at the time. But snake shot is, it's like a bullet for snakes. They're like little shotgun shells that if you have a nine millimeter gun, you can get snake shot in nine millimeter. They're basically like shotgun shells, but for kind of standard pistols. And so I have some snake shot now because I bought it afterwards. But it didn't really dawn on me, and we didn't find out until afterwards that that particular summer, they were having a rattlesnake problem. And I'm not sure what the issue was. I'm not sure why some seasons you have tons of rattlesnakes, or if maybe rattlesnake wrangling and hunting goes down or something. Or some years, the conditions are just right for rattlesnakes to lay a bunch of eggs. I don't know. I don't know. But we just kept running across rattlesnakes, and it was annoying and nerve-wracking, and your butt was clenched every time you were walking, especially when you couldn't see your feet particularly. There were times when you have to cross, like, these open fields, like these prairie fields, where there was a path, but the grass had grown so much that basically you could see where your feet were on this dirt path, and the dirt path was probably, I don't know, three feet wide generally, but the grass was only leaving you about maybe a foot. It was tall meadow like grass and it was curving in and you could hear rattlesnakes and like that just is unnerving. And then you'd come across a bunch of washout or where the rain had piled up a bunch of down trees and logs and stuff like that. And I remember walking around one and you could hear rattlesnakes in rattling in that pile of logs. Like it was just, and I remember us at one point coming across an open field, like a road, just a dirt road. So it was wide open. And you could see rattlesnakes, some crossing, some just sitting there. In fact, at the time, I didn't have a digital camera. I had a film camera and we were taking pictures of them. And we're all just, you're like, snaking with your guys back and forth. And it just, oh man, that was the worst. And, and I guess the guy had said, hope you have your snake shot because there are some people that find themselves just surrounded by these things, especially if you get in an area where there's just a ton of these. And apparently it's not illegal to kill the rattlesnakes. And just in this particular summer, they were just. To- Asking people to be safe because if you got bit, you didn't have probably easy access to get out of there quickly. Anyway, so that was one of those things that was my first introduction to snake shot. So you can imagine something's moving, something that's not very large, like a snake, can be very hard to hit with a bullet. I don't know that snake shot is something that one shot will take out a snake, but I think what you want to do is have all your snake shot and you just load on a snake and you're probably moving a snake is moving. It's not like you're trying to take these out and assassinate them. What I'm saying is if you are in a position where you have nowhere to go or a snake is being particularly aggressive, I think you just kind of like unload four or five of these shots and all these little pellets will hopefully incapacitate that snake. So now I do own some snake shot. I've actually never shot it. I've never used it. There have been times when I have been hiking in Arizona, and New Mexico and stuff like that, where I did not have it. And a couple times when I was like, oh man, it would just make me feel a lot better to have snake shot with me. But didn't anyway that's not the only animal and i would say probably the most recent situation that i had where i didn't have any force protection didn't end up being a problem i'm actually pretty convinced that coyotes don't like people and don't want to have anything to do with people uh, i also hear all sorts of horror stories about coyotes taking out dogs and kids and all this stuff i'm guessing that if you're a full-grown man a coyote, which seems to be about the size of a full-sized dog, doesn't want anything to have anything to do with it. It's not like they think they're going to kill you. If you have a Maltese running around in the backyard, or you have rabbits that like running around in your yard, and you have coyotes in your area, yeah, I think you're running a risk of that coyote not caring and seeing that as a quick, easy meal. But one time, I was out camping, and just doing it overnight, had didn't have a fire going, but had a cot set up and was sitting on the cot, on my sleeping bag, getting ready to call of night. It was a nice, cool evening, watching the stars, doing a little tracking on my star app to see what was out there, and doing some recording of stuff. And I wish I had this film. But what ended up happening was I was just kind of sitting there in the darkness for a little while, and I didn't even hear him, which is a weird thing. But then a coyote, not super close. I'm, I'm going to call it, I was camping against this, like, area of tall grass and reeds, not right against it, but there's a little bit of a run, like a wide open path that kind of opens up and more of maybe like a small meadow where I'm sure there's a lot of traffic of deer and things like that. But I wasn't going to camp right in the middle of this open meadow. That would look a little weird, You're right in this middle. But so I expected some things to walk by, anything from possums to raccoons. Obviously there were plenty of squirrels. I saw some hawks, some eagles and stuff like that. So it wasn't surprising that things were crossing through there. But at one point I just turn around and I see the shadow and it's just bouncing, not running, but just bouncing, walking by me, sees me, full-size coyote. They look a little mangy, honestly. Like everyone keeps talking about coyotes. I don't know. Like wolves. If you've seen a wolf and you see a coyote, you're not gonna mistake them because they don't they look a little more spilt. They're kind of I don't know, like the greyhounds of the dog world or something. They're just they don't look as imposing. I'm sure they're fast and dangerous. I don't know. They look more like the cartoon. While so I saw, I mean, he doesn't really care. He's just walking by, but it was a little, right at that moment. It was a little startling because I didn't expect him. They're very quiet. I don't know, big soft paws. Maybe he was wearing his Crocs or something like that, but just kind of trotted past me. Like I said, I didn't have a fire going that started up immediately afterwards because I wanted to make sure that I had that just to Give animals, you know, a little warning to stay away because they seem to avoid fire. But that was something where I didn't have anything out. I didn't have like anything. With if anything, I would have had to pick up my cot and use that as a, a weapon or a tool to hold off something. But just was thinking about that. How many of these people, especially the, the guys I see on these videos, they're going out for a few days out in the middle of nowhere, as far as I can tell. They're really hiking in. Like I said, some of them have their dog. Some of these dogs are just like collies and stuff like this. These are not fighting dogs. I would not bet on your dog, saving your life, but I'm hoping I'm thinking that some of these people, even though they're not talking about it are carrying some sort of force protection, anything from a taser to a collapsible baton to the baseball bat, you know, I don't say they all have to have like arms or a force multiplier of some sort, but, and you do have to be careful. You don't have to go far to see wildlife. You do not have to be far from the city lights. I have been well within lights of a house before. And seeing some interesting animals that I wouldn't want to tangle with. So curious, are you out there exploring, taking in nature, taking down nature? And what are you carrying with you? What are you doing to just keep yourself safe? Keep the people with you safe. Keep yourself safe from other people. Who knows? Just curious about that. Thought I'd ask the question because when I go out, I'm always taking something out. Usually a spray bottle of my workout sweat because that will keep everything away. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. It's not, uh, doesn't smell good. It smells like old sweaty sock. So, that's it. I'll see you later. Peter Von Panda, out.